It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You know what I want? That's uh, uh, it's pretty good. 125 to 116. The Raptors win against the New York Knicks. Two in a row versus the Knicks. The winning streak is now at plus one after being at minus two. Uh, well, well done, fellas. 125 to 116. Now at 21 and 27 on the season. Um, some really fun performances across the roster in this game. The defense looking better for long stretches and the Raptors winning. Uh, quite comfortably in this game, especially with a really nice stretch from a, a transitional lineup that featured some of the bench and, and a bigger lineup at the end there uh, to start the fourth quarter. So pretty fun. This is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk, and it is, of course, brought to you by Goldfinger Law. And hey, you want to go with Goldfinger Law. You know why? Because you only pay if you win. There's obvious upsides to that. If you lose, you don't have to pay. That's pretty good. And if you win, hopefully you're in the surplus of something, assets, money, whatever it is. If you're interested in that, you can contact them at 416-730-1777. Okay, 125 to 116. Let me say this right away. The Raptors are benefiting immensely from having a, let's say, center in the lineup. We saw this happen with Coloco, who, despite having significant warts on his game, his presence helped out defensively a lot. And in fact, even before he went down to the 905, where he, I think he reached double digits in blocks in his first game with them, we saw him have a, a significant effect on the on-offs. The Raptors were better with him on the court. Um, so that was a cool thing. They need that center position. The one that the front office and, you know, it seems like they've kind of shooed away from or shied away from, shied away from and shooed away. Uh, it's important. On the other side, too, the Knicks, they didn't have Mitchell Robinson in this game, and they really missed him. Uh, a battle of the front courts, and the Raptors won this one. Whether you consider Barnes the power forward or, or Pascal the power forward, Achua was the center, and the Raptors' defense really benefited from having him there uh, for the second game in a row. Yes, some hot shooting brought the Knicks back into it, but for the most part, I think the Raptors did a really good job of keeping guys away from the interior and uh, forcing misses there, which typically they're not that good at doing. Actually, just statistically, they're not that good at stopping drives to the rim. And they're also not very good at stopping the shots once those drives get there. So frequency, accuracy, whichever you're paying attention to, not very good. In this game, uh, and over the past two games, they've figured it out to some degree. Uh, also, I, 15 of 34 from downtown in this game, the Raptors hit their threes. Gary hit six. Fred hit four. Pascal hit three. Uh, that's already uh, 13 out of the 15. All coming from the starting lineup. So that's a nice thing to see. And the Raptors really needed that offense. And once again, Fred is in the lineup. The offense is pretty good. He's been a big deal for it. Um, nobody really 
is spreading a lot of assists tonight. Pascal and Scotty both both around six, both with six, actually, I should say. And there's a mix of kind of uh, playmaking at the nail when when the Knicks are bringing help against Pascal. And then also, you know, get running out in transition, finding guys who are filling lanes. The three-point shooters, especially Gary and Fred in this one. So nice to see. Uh, also, defensively, the Raptors, I think, found a lot of success early and often by throwing a lot of attention at Julius Randle, who finished with 19-8, and eight, but also, well, 23-19-8, and eight, I should say. Like 19 rebounds is kind of, is kind of crazy, but this also speaks to where the Knicks were uh, defensively. They he had 14 defensive rebounds. The Knicks missing Mitchell Robinson. The Raptors looking to kind of make them pay, finishing with 17 offensive rebounds of their own. And despite putting up those massive numbers, I think Julius Randle had a lot more possessions and a lot less points created for the Knicks than he would have liked. The four turnovers isn't a massive, massive number. But I think the Raptors did a really good job of moving the ball into the back of the shot clock, defending against the back end of the shot clock as much as they were defending in the front half and just doing a fantastic job of making the Knicks go into their secondary stuff. And then there is there a word for third, thirdiary stuff, tertiary stuff, whatever it is, right? And uh, forcing misses. And while that didn't last the whole game, they still cleared 30 points in the second, third and fourth quarters. I think that the stretches they had defensively were largely because of aggressive trapping to open the game and then a lot of length on the floor in the, in the back half of the game before things got a little bit hairy. But the Raptors were scoring well enough to keep them at bay anyway. But that that is why a guy like Chris Boucher and a guy like Juancho Hernan Gomez and, and Thaddeus Young, plus 14, plus 14, and plus 7 in that order. These guys were part of really big runs. Boucher with five offensive rebounds as well. These guys were part of big runs for the Raptors. And Boucher with 14 and 7 in this game. Wancho, zero points, still not in his threes, but five rebounds, two assists. Uh, Thad had a couple nice isolation buckets. He finishes with four points, three, uh, three rebounds, and one assist. The Raptors, a, a little bit more capable of tack, tapping into their uh, Funk Fest quartet lineups. And by that, I mean they're playing at least four guys who are pretty big. And when you play guys all over the court that are that big, you're going to struggle offensively a lot of the time if there's nobody carrying that offensive lineup. Last season, they had a lot of success having Pascal Siakam do it. This season, and to start the fourth quarter, um, well, this season they haven't had that much success with it, but to start the fourth quarter, I think Scotty Barnes and Precious Achua filling in next to these guys allowed the Raptors to blanket a lot of stuff defensively. They got a lot of runouts, and despite you know some of these possessions drying up and it coming down to shot making, it's not going to be something consistent for them, but it's something that happened in this game. They made a few shots at the back end of the shot clock. They they got to the free throw line on possessions that looked dead. Precious finishing 8 of 10 from the line, for example. Scotty hitting like a sidestep 22-footer, right? And not a 3, but as close to a 3-point shot step back as you can get without it being that. Uh, this isn't something that I expect to be super consistent on the offensive side, but this is something that the Raptors have been able to tap into defensively, where if there's length everywhere, 
and the the Knicks don't have that typical inside presence. They want to initiate from the perimeter with guys like Randall, who isn't very good at passing out of that pressure, and guys like Barrett, for example, Jalen Brunson to a lesser degree. You're throwing a lot of length at those drives. You're meeting them a little bit higher, and you're meeting them with a bit more length to blanket the pass out to the corner. You know, it has to go higher because uh, you're – you're passing over length. Uh, it might even be a steal. You can't do the laydowns on the interior because there's a hand sitting at their hip and there's a hand extended over top. Like a lob might not be there. And you also don't have like the strictly big guy to kind of make the lower end of the Raptors big guys because they're big for threes and fours and twos, but they're not big for fives. Uh, you're not making them pay really. And that's where the the Knicks really, really, um, they missed Mitchell Robinson. And the Raptors, they took advantage of that in the front court. Uh, man, Fred, once again, really impressive. We're looking at a guy who, there's there's been quite a bit of driving lately. It seems to me, the mix of pull-up, the mix of catch and shoot, that the three-point shot is there. We've we found it. Um, the misses don't look as bad as they used to. It seems like he's ironed it out. Hopefully this sticks. Hopefully this isn't a hot shooting streak. Hopefully this is just him kind of getting back to basics, getting back to normal, because that would be really, really huge for the Raptors. Now, I know some people want to trade Fred. I know some people want the team to make decisions uh, that would dismantle them. And whether or not that's the way you want them to go, the way that they do go, um, it's good that players are playing well. If you want the rebuild or whatever, or the step back or the the trade that improves them now and whatever, guys playing well is never a bad thing. Um, if you're if you're looking at the standings or the tankathon roles or whatever, um, I guess this this would not be good for you. But yeah, it's 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 good for guys to play well. It's an, it's absolutely necessary for for their mental health as well to kind of keep things going and and the vibes. For these guys to check into work each and every day, um, it makes it a lot easier on them and the coaches and and everyone else, basically. So at least that's like a nice little thing, right? That guys are playing well, and uh, so yeah, I digress on the the playing well aspect. I think you do have to commend both Gary and Fred. This was their their best uh, defensive game as a as a backcourt in some time. I think that how they handled Jalen Brunson was pretty good. Um, the Raptors were much better at meeting him higher, um, sticking him, not letting him allow to kind of squeak through. You know, there's, there's Harrison Barnes had what looked like a, a game-winning shot uh, on this the other day where it's like a bully drive for Harrison Barnes of the Kings, and he gets doubled, and he gets to pivot and squeak through, right? J- Jalen Brunson is fantastic at that, has done that against the Raptors many times. And when you squeak through, you're leaving two guys behind you. There's an opportunity for layups, for laydowns. And he's so good at navigating those small spots of the court, especially in the paint. And the Raptors did a really good job of making sure that that wasn't so available for him. Where most of his points came from in this game, actually, well, over half is the three point line and, you know, catch and shoot options. So as far as Jalen Brunson breaking down the Raptors defense, it wasn't as consistent as he typically liked it to be. And and the Knicks, who aren't the best three point shooting team, I think hit a lot of tougher threes that in some games they don't. I think they're what, 18 of 41 in this game. That's a really great night from three for them. But as far as the um, typical forms of creation that they like to rely on, they weren't as capable of doing anything against the Raptors tonight. And and that does start with kind of clamping down on Brunson, doing a good job on Julius Randle, 
Obviously, it wanes a bit. He finishes with 23, 19, and 8. Randall, while the decision-making, I think, leaves a lot to be desired a lot of the time, we're still looking at a guy who he is extremely talented, extremely big, extremely athletic. When he puts his, you know, the axe to the grindstone, he's going to get numbers. He's going to find a way. And then R.J. Barrett, just pretty great shot-making for 30 points, seven boards, and five assists. The Raptors, though, even though it's a 116 at the end, I think that this defensive performance was better than most that we've seen lately. I know that there were some games where the Hornets end up with like 114 or something, and you look and you say, that was bad defense, really bad. Uh, in this one, I think there were a lot of possessions where the Raptors were quite good, and the Knicks just a little bit of shot making. And uh, shot making beats all. But the Raptors, I if they're able to equal this defensive performance, um, I think that they'll be able to replicate um, some more success on this end. Now, are they going to shoot 44% on threes every game themselves? I don't know about that. But the Raptors, they they found enough shots. They found enough defense to win this game. I'll, I'll be writing about Pascal Siakam uh, kind of over the past 10, 11 games. It'll be out whether you're listening to this in the morning or at night. <laughs> if you're listening to this at night, it'll be out tomorrow. If you're listening to this in the morning, Look forward to it soon at RaptorsRepublic.com. You will need to be subscribed to read this piece, but just kind of studying how his shot chart has changed. He's taking shots from different spots on the floor. He's less capable of creation over this stretch. And we're looking at kind of fatigue and, and, and the defense that's being played against him and how that factors in. In this game, I think we saw that again. Uh, this is a guy who, when he got to the rim, it was on a mismatch and it was with brute force, whether it was Jonah Sims or RJ Barrett. He's not clearing guys and, and kind of blowing by them, but he's, you know, using his his body, kind of bullying his way and then relying on some of those touch shots around the rim or or these little faders. Still in this game, though, finishing with 24, 7 and 6, this is the benefit of a player of his caliber is that even when it's not fully going, he's still going to give you numbers. He's still going to provide like a floor for your team and all that kind of stuff. So I, I think... uh I was really happy with that. But the starters as a whole, most of the team, actually, I think you can walk away happy with their performance. Like Scotty, 19, 7, and 6. Some really fun playmaking. Really great burst in the middle of the floor to get to the rim a couple times. As I said, um, some fun shot making as well. It really like gritty, gritty possessions offensively to make sure that he gets to the ball. He finishes the play. Pascal, we talked about Precious applying pressure in the gaps and he's so athletic he puts so much pressure on the rim when he has a head of steam his takeoff points are earlier than other players he can really surprise rim protectors he's also you know he's faster when he puts the ball on the ground in transition he puts a lot of pressure there and uh eight of ten from the line tonight was fantastic um the defense talked about gary oh my goodness he, he had maybe the first like poster of his career came through beat the dig wrapped the ball up, right-handed hammer. Like that was, this isn't a guy who typically is, is soaring through the air, right? So he got there, and I believe it was Sims who came over. He he posted him. Nice play. And and I think he had three dunks on the night too. He's nine of 17 shooting, six of 10 from three, a couple pull-ups, some, some great finishing in the catch-and-shoot areas. Very nice. And Fred, of course, 28, two, three, and two. Um as I said before, this is the fourth game in a row where the where Fred has been able to lead the Raptors to really great offense and has had really efficient numbers and has been really, 
really sharp. Um, this game wasn't featuring a ton of playmaking out of the pick and roll. There was one that I guess he should have had an assist, but Pascal left it on the rim. Really nice feed to the roll on that one. It's been a growing part of his game lately. That's something that the Raptors have been doing more, rolling. And Fred also, but the shot making, coming off a screen, whether it's from three or or in the mid-range, that's really nice. Um, extending the dribble as well, too. So lots of good stuff there. And then the bench, as I talked about before, providing that length, getting after it on the glass. And Joe Wieskamp, Five minutes didn't have the same levels level of success. Jeff Dalton Jr. Uh, not his best run either. It's tough to do it at the NBA level. Uh, hopefully those guys continue to get reps in at practice and uh, for Jeff with the 905 as well. Reggie Evans Award. I got to give it to Chris Boucher. Um, he is indomitable. That will of his an indomitable will that drives him forward continues to do so. He whether it's good or it's bad. I do feel very strongly that. Chris leaves it all on the floor. And sometimes that activity can look haphazard. Sometimes it can look problematic. But, man, uh, he's, uh, he's he's really, really impressive in that way. The, the outcomes aren't always impressive, but I'm always impressed with what he's able to do while he's out there. Top quick reaction comment is from Ron in Dan, or Ronan Dan, which, whichever, quote, this opinion might is not be popular, but Barnes is now doing the Kyle Lowry role, end quote. Hmm. I, I think that um, I, I've talked about this before in, in some of the breakdowns and in how Scotty Barnes manages lanes in transition, how Scotty Barnes sometimes can outweigh the defense for the defense to show cracks. And, you know, there's some plays where you can tell Scotty Barnes is manipulating the second level without the second level really knowing it like he can feign ignorance on some plays and and use it to his advantage to play make all those things are things that we saw a lot from Kyle Lowry in his tenure here um but I also don't uh I don't think that their roles are very similar uh but that's that's okay because they do they do have a lot of overlap in some of that clever playmaking and but the thing is Scott is just so much bigger He's being used in, you know, a much different role and he's being used in a lot of different in their set actions in in the free flowing like their motion offense. He's just doing a lot of different things, but uh, they certainly have overlap in things they try to achieve on the floor. And um, the more he can emulate Kyle Lowry at his size, uh, pretty good, I would imagine. Hopefully that pull up three in transition that pull it comes uh comes in some form or fashion during his career thanks for writing in ronan dan and uh listener thanks for tuning in if uh you listen to this in the morning or at night whether whichever it was i don't really care just glad you're listening thanks for letting me talk to you uh yeah have a blessed day and goodbye